I'm Alex Mito. And I'm James Milley. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What's going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, which means that you, my friend, are certifiably awesome. As you know, if you've been listening with us for a while, I am Alex Mito. I'm the CEO and co-founder of the Superfine Art Fair. Superfine, we're the most widespread art fair for artists in the United States. We're also one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and of course, marketing and selling your art. I am broadcasting today to you from my apartment here in Mexico City. We're a few weeks after the Superfine Art Fair in New York City, and we've got a full slate of fairs coming up this spring. You can find those all at www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art. It's a lot of information. We're doing LA, San Francisco, Miami Beach, Seattle, and Washington, DC, one of our top markets for Superfine. So definitely take a look on there. Today, we've got Renata Tomei and Manuela Save here with us on the mic. This is our first ever two guest episodes. We're super excited. Renata and Manuela are going to share an awesome masterclass with you today on how to find non-traditional art opportunities, and we all need those in this new and uncertain world that we're living in. I don't know about you, but I am really excited to hear what they have to say. And first, I've got an amazing offer here just for you ABP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we are back here with Renata Tomei and Manuela Savi, and we're ready to change the way that you think about your art career. Renata is the senior strategist, co-founder, and chief creative officer for Alpha Inc., with over eight years of experience in creating and leading strategies for expansion across three continents. She's a climate advocate, creative thinker with a track record of using the arts as a tool for communication and transformation of pressing global issues. Manuela Savi is co-founder and CEO of Alpha, a B2B marketplace connecting companies to the visual arts. She's been in the tech and art sector for the past six years, successfully raising funds from industry leaders such as Metaprop VC, Lightspeed, and other funds. Manuela was named 33 under 33 entrepreneurs in 2018 in New York City, and I am 33, so I like that number a lot. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Alex. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Where are you both coming into us from, if I may ask? This is Manu here. Uh, I'm actually coming in from LA and I'm also 33. So, you know, we're, we're, we're living our best life. This is a capitalistic age, as I understand. So we have to make the best of it and like manifest as much as we can. <laughs> Where are you coming in from, Renata? So I'm, I'm calling in from London. Ooh, I love this little trifecta we have going on here. LA, Mexico City, London, broadcasting in New York. It's going to be great. So Awesome. Very, very global crowd today. 
So before we dive into our questions, I want to ask each of you something to help our listeners get to know the real you and your connection to art. And that question is, and let's start with Renata first. What is the earliest memory you have of art? Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, I guess going to museums when I was traveling, but uh, probably the most striking one was actually an exhibition that came to Brazil. It was a Monet exhibition. And I remember at the very end, I stopped at a shop with my mom and I ended up buying a book, which was like the story of Linnea, like or something, which was like a drawing like book for kids, like with some of the most iconic paintings of Monet. And I remember by that age, I started painting myself. So that's probably like the most, the earliest memory I have from the art world. I I love that. And I mean, I've seen a few artists, we're talking about non-traditional opportunities. And I've seen a few artists recently who have made coloring books of their own, which is super cool. So I think that's a neat kind of seg into our conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. So Manu, uh, same question for you. What's the earliest memory you have of art? So I would have to say that it was probably in my mother's belly. (laughs) My mom's an artist. My dad is a gallery owner, art dealer. My uncle is a gallery owner. My whole family is literally in the arts. So instead of, you know, going to amusement parks when I was a kid, I'd get taken to to museums and the MoMA and I'd be in front of these giant Pollocks, kind of like just saying that I could do the same thing myself and very rebellious as a a little kid. But then it it obviously left an imprint in me that I could not move away from. Even though I, I worked in finance for five years, I ended up gravitating back into the art business and am now back in it. I love that. And I think it's really cool to kind of have that background and then jump over into the business sector and then, you know, be able to kind of apply some of that. And I think that'll be a lot of what we talk about on this episode. So um, thank you for sharing that. Let's jump into the questions and and we'll, we'll try to keep it as organized as possible, but kind of feel free if you have something to, you know, to say, go ahead and say it. So kind of to both of you. So Alpha was created as the world's largest art collective with no inventory. And as a, an e-commerce person, I, I love that. Since then, Alpha has become a trailblazer in the art and tech world. What were your goals when you created Alpha and how did you grow it into this marketplace? Our goals are to be much, much bigger. Just to be clear, we're only starting our journey. This is just the tip of the iceberg. But we do see an opportunity for everyone in the world to live with art. And that's been one of our goals since inception, to not only be a democratic platform open for artists to be able to submit works, but to also have different types of you know, art products that different collectors can purchase. And that's our journey. That's our goal. Uh, And we hope in the future that every building will have a alpha artwork in either the lobby or inside a resident's home. Yeah, and just to complement what Manuela just shared, I think uh, the way that we saw an opportunity for us to do that was using technology tools that were already being applied in other industries in the art market, which was up until that point, pretty much only analog. So we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We're trying to apply tools that already existed in a new model and that made like a complete new business. I I love that. And I kind of want to underscore something you said, two things you said. I love, first of all, the enthusiasm and the belief and, you know, the idea of having a work in every building in the lobby. I mean, that's such a cool thing to strive for as a business. And it's something, you know, I often talk directly with artists who have trouble visualizing like where their work can be. And I think that's something to really kind of drive home for artists is, you know, think about 
some of the artists you admire and where you see their work and how you experience it. And then think about like, how do I find that niche and actually get my work into the spaces I want to get it into? So I love that you guys identified. And number two, I like, I like how you're saying you didn't reinvent the wheel. And there's, we're going to talk about some really cool, you know, digital things, virtual things that are going on in the world. But I also like the idea of applying strategy that's used in other industries and for other products to art and not necessarily reinventing the wheel, just doing it better. And I think that can be really cool. Sometimes we gravitate towards the novel, but it's it's the tried and true with like a better system that can really prosper. So thank you for sharing both of those. So kind of jumping off of the like, you know, where you see Alpha's art being you tailor make art collections for your clients, from what I understand. And what are the steps in that personalization process? So yeah, so on the client end, it, it all starts with a design brief. Uh, we get a design brief of what they're trying to accomplish. And usually there are already renderings of, you know, tight styles of artwork that they envisioned. Then we always get the same uh, request over and over again. And it's one of the reasons why we built in a geolocation filter into this new platform, which is working with local artists in the direct vicinity of the building. So we'll put together a design brief that, you know, uh, usually covers those two things, the aesthetic that the client is already looking for and the local element. And then, you know, once we do move forward, we like uh, adding QR codes to the pieces that are up so that they can connect video content of the artist talking about his connection to that city, to that property, and even in that building. Yeah, I think you got it. So uh, my question, okay, so this is really cool, you know, as for what Alpha does, but, you know, let's say I'm an artist, like, how would I be able to apply some of that strategy to my own, you know, relationships with like collectors, or maybe even with businesses or institutions? Like, how could I apply that? Work with Alpha. <laughs> That's why we exist. Artists are amazing creatives. And, you know, I feel like a lot of them sometimes when they hit the, their self-marketing process and their, you know, sales process, they it's good to have some help, either an art advisor or a dealer that can help with pricing, showing, you know, how similar artists at, at similar points in their career are selling their pieces. And even thinking of unconventional spaces, as you mentioned at the beginning of the, the talk, that could really make their work pop. Yeah, and I think just to add to that, artists traditionally come from a very passive way of like approaching the market. And I think what we're suggesting in a way is that artists have a more entrepreneurial approach and that they use Alpha as a tool for, for them to do that, right? So of course, there are things that we can do for them, but the best way to use our platform is if you think of it as a tool for you to develop your work further, to reach new audiences, to apply to different projects, and to really expand the work that we're already doing. And another example of that is that we work very closely also with institutions, so art galleries, museums, residencies, where we complement the work that they are already doing by selling a lot of the original works that artists produce. We add on a new line of products, which is the editions, which is obviously serving a, a different category of collectors, the real estate people, people who want to dive their toes like a little bit like, like on the market before making such a big investment in, in purchasing the oil canvases. So yeah, I think be more entrepreneurial, think outside of the box the way we do and use the alpha platform as a tool for you to go further. 
I, I love that. And I, I definitely agree with, obviously, we, you know, we host the artist business plan. We have an art fair that basically teaches artists how to run their art careers like a business. And so I definitely agree with the idea of artists being entrepreneurial and then using whatever levers they can to improve upon that as well. So I think that's a cool approach. And we'll talk a little more about how artists can get involved with Alpha later in the podcast. So a big goal of yours that, that we share at Superfine is to have more women and minority artists represented and to help over 6 million living artists make a living through art. How are you going to do that? Tell us, tell us about that. Uh, so one of the things is exactly what Renata was explaining, like thinking of different ways and different revenue lines for artists. One of the great things about working with additions is once we do, you know, put together that licensing agreement, the artist is just compensated with every sale. And there's, you know, there's an amount that is made uh, on that same image further down the line. The other thing is we're launching a second platform called alpha.io, which is actually a spinoff of the blockchain technology that we developed in-house to certify our original editions. So we're allowing artists to, to issue NFTs associated to their physical pieces and to uh, get compensated in secondary market transactions. So a resale royalty, basically, on every piece that they mint with us. Uh, and this, you know, is, is something that will start building generational wealth for a group that has you know, historically not benefited in, in auction sales and in, in, you know, the bulk of the market. I think my, my point would be more towards the content side that we offer on the platform, which Manuela explained briefly during the first question, and uh, that we, we call the Alpha Connect, which basically started as a series of video interviews with artists during the pandemic. And what we realized is that Creating context for the works that we're selling on the platform is extremely important because a lot of the clients that we have are not that familiarized with the art world. And, and for them to understand where that artwork is coming from, a little bit more of the story of the person creating that work creates immediate empathy in between the buyer and, and the seller, the artist. So that story, that piece of storytelling, which we add on to our projects has been fundamental for us to differentiate our work and to help artists not promote, but share more about their own pain points, their own, own perspectives and, and the differences, right? Something we've also seen a lot of with Superfine, just to kind of comment on that, People often ask, like, why we have, you know, 70% female artists, why we have an outsized representation of LGBTQ and, and artists of color. And honestly, one of the answers, it, or the main answer is not so much that we're out there, like, prospecting for artists that match these, these criteria. It's more that our, our model being straightforward and helpful to artists is something that appeals to people who may have felt disenfranchised by the institution or the industry as a whole. Just the fact that we are transparent, and it sounds like this is something reflected in Alpha as well, creates this open door for, for all these artists. And I think that's a really cool thing. And I think you know what you're doing with NFTs is really interesting. So we're going to come right back and we're going to hear a little bit more about NFTs and some of these opportunities for artists and much more. Uh, but first, another quick message from our sponsors. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you take the next step and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fairs. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. 
Superfine fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we're offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. And we are back. So let's, okay, let's jump into NFTs. But first, what is an NFT? So anyone listening might just, who doesn't know, will know. Sure. An NFT is a non-fungible token. What's the difference between a non-fungible token and a fungible token? A fungible token is something like Bitcoin, right? All the tokens are created equal. And so you can trade a token for a token and they'll have the same value. A non-fungible token is something that is unique. So it can be associated with, you know, a digital asset, a physical asset, and it's perfect for certifying collectibles. And so our platform is a little different in the way that we think of certification. We feel like there's a lot more value in using NFTs to certify actual art pieces, so physical art pieces. And uh, we love what, you know, the digital market has done for the space and all of the attention that it's brought in with, you know, the Sotheby's auctions, people, et cetera, everything that's going on. But I feel like there's a lot of long-term value to be built on using this technology as a, a tool to build provenance since it's a immutable digital ledger of ownership that you know we're we're going to be implementing uh, with living artists from day one so uh, our platform alpha.io is a great way for artists to create catalog his own is in life that are digitally certified and that allow them visibility of who it is that owns their work where in the world that work is the value that their their work is trading for and obviously to to get compensated and to you know know what's up I really love that. And I think you're answering, you may have already answered one of my questions here, but I'll, I'll ask it again. I mean, we can clear it up for some of the artists. So, so we know what NFTs are now. So how can NFTs help artists retain and expand their wealth to kind of steamroll over that starving artist stereotype once and for all? Like how can we use NFTs as a lever where artists can actually retain wealth and grow wealth? So there's a few things. Number one is provenance. Anyone that is in the art market knows how important provenance is on a resale value. So if you have that provenance in front of you and the artist has visibility of who's, you know, purchased his work in the past and he can show that to other collectors, that immediately builds value. The second thing, as we mentioned, is the resale royalty, which is a big one because we know that secondary market usually is where the bigger trades are makes, made. So an auction, uh, collector to collector, and the artist will automatically be compensated in, in those different ways. And third, it's actually knowing the value of your work because a lot of the artists don't even know the work that, you know, the amount that these works are, are getting sold when it leaves their hands or when it leaves their gallery's hand. So, you know, it's, think of it as transparency. Think of it as, you know, the full chain of custody of a piece and uh, pricing compensations. Very cool. So that's it's interesting you mentioned that an artist that I know actually just took a lot to Sotheby's. I'm sorry, to Christie's actually. And, uh, and sold it. And it was a physical lot that included one NFT, but it was pretty cool because he was able to actually retain, you know, via the NFT, the ability to collect royalties on future transactions. So I think it's really a cool thing. I wanted to just define one word that you mentioned just in case it doesn't like, you know, register with everybody. It's provenance. 
And it's just basically who has owned a work over time. So if I buy a work on the secondary market, meaning like something that's already been owned by someone else, that I can know as the collector where this came from and did it, you know, who owned it before me and where was it? So just wanted to unpack that a little bit for our um, for our artists listening out there. So moving on from NFTs a little bit, but we can kind of, you know, bounce back to that. We really love supporting local artists. So in all of our fairs all around the country, you know, are about 50% local, 50% artists from all over the world. So how does supporting local artists help reduce the carbon footprint? I know that you're both coming from an environmental perspective as well. So, you know, how do we reduce carbon footprint by supporting local artists? So uh, apparently the last year that Art Basel Miami actually happened, it was responsible for producing 20% of um, all of the greenhouse gas emissions in transporting pieces throughout the world to Miami. So we know it's a big problem in the industry. We know the transportation is super complicated. Anyone that's ever seen a crate know that, you know, it takes a lot of resources. So if you're purchasing artwork from the local community, that immediately diminishes uh, the shipping amount, right? The crating amount. You're also empowering local communities uh, and helping out in the development process, which is something that we do with a lot of the real estate projects that we work on. We want to have artists that are coming from the immediate vicinity because they also represent uh, the plurality of that community and who are these voices. And we went one step further through our content platform by putting up QR codes that connect to video content and that put faces behind the pieces. So really pushing for diversity because you can't just have a bunch of white dudes because that wouldn't look good for the developer. <laughs> yeah. And and also the prints that we sell through the, traditionally through the website, we produce through a network of suppliers that we have in place in South America, North America, the UK and Europe. So the works, as we said, are not produced. They are produced on demand. And we always choose our suppliers according to the final location of our clients. So not only we are working with the local community to create that content, but we are also working with the local community on, on the supply chain side. Miami Art Basel was responsible for 20% of the greenhouse gases of like what? Of like the year or the? The year. Wow. For, wait, for Miami or for, for what? For? for the United States. Miami Art Basel was responsible for 20% of the greenhouse gas emissions for the United States? Yes. Wow. That's, in, that's insane. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'd I love. I, I totally believe you, but I would love. I'd love to just see that because I, I. That's that's just such a shocking number. We we always encourage artists to come up with non traditional ways of getting their work to shows, like if they're coming from other places to you know pack in a suitcase or just like roll up canvases and bring them with them, rather than going through the crate process and the in the heavy shipping. What are some other ways you know that we can support art and be a part of artists' careers, but with being cautious and aware of our carbon footprint and of, you know, the environment, the climate change, environmental situations around the world, obviously the internet plays a huge role in that. So what is, you know, what is something we can do like as collectors and as, actually as artists as well to be mindful of the climate and the world? Yeah, I, I think really identifying what are the key events that you should be participating in and what needs to be done physically versus what can continue to be done online, Right. I think that was the biggest change that we saw happening in the art world after the pandemic started because everything that was before based on physical interactions through events such as fairs, like exhibitions that switch uh, from night to day to the online. 
And I don't believe this is going to remain the same because the art world kind of needs and thrives on those physical interactions. But if we can at least do a hybrid in between those two models and identifying when it's necessary to have the physical interactions, which will require artworks to be shipped and people to travel. And those are the biggest reasons for greenhouse gases emissions. So I think that's something for us, for all of us to be more conscious about and to make better decisions before just jumping on a plane. Yeah, I love that. And, and I'm, I'm a pretty big traveler and I have, you know, businesses all over the country. So I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm very aware of this, but it's um, definitely on a personal level made me think more intentionally about where and when I'm traveling. Like, am I really going to fly across the country to like measure a venue? That doesn't make sense to me anymore. And also in terms of how we advertise our shows to our clients who are artists, we've really doubled down on advertising and promotion within 300, 400 miles of each event versus so much, you know, nationwide. Of course, we'll accept artists who are coming from other places, but it's definitely made us think more about how we market our shows as well. I have definitely seen, you know, we, we were pretty big into the internet side of things, e-commerce, but definitely seen since we have been doing in-person shows again, just a huge excitement around being in person and actually connecting with people. So I think it's a little bit of both and with some intentionality ladled into it. So our listeners out there are looking for opportunities to grow their art careers. What are some of these non-traditional ways that we've talked about? Like, you know, we talked about NFTs a little bit, but are there any other like non-traditional exciting ways that artists can grow their careers that maybe they're just not thinking about? Firstly, join Alpha. <laughs> Send your work to us. We have a lot of opportunities ongoing. If you actually go into our page, there's an opportunity section which has all of the new properties that we're developing for, uh, where we're looking for art, cities that we're present in, and, you know, just browse through those and, and apply directly through that. Like, obviously, what Manu is saying, you know, like our platform is an excellent tool for artists who are in every stage of their careers to either accelerate what they're doing or to connect to different audiences. But in a more generic way, I think always think outside of the box, like, and always understand that, like, there are different ways that you can be working. You don't need to be exclusively showing at a gallery, like, and having this traditional path. You can also sometimes collaborate with brands, like, and, and do interesting projects. I think of the work that LVMH is developing now, where they are using so much the visual arts to elevate their brands, like, and artists have this amazing power to tell stories, right? The visual art is a universal language, like, and it can communicate important stories for brands. It can communicate in important stories for uh, for causes, for instance, going back to the environmental issues. So I think if artists understand that, like, number one, they are communicators and that they, their art ha- has a very important role to play in today's world, like, and just like think outside of the box, like, and explore other possibilities other than, the, than traditionally having their works hanging on a gallery or selling to collectors. That can be quite liberating. So, artists, think outside of the box. Think about things like brand collaborations. Make sure you get paid for them. And, you know, there's so many ways out there besides, you know, hanging your work and selling it that can help hedge your bets as an artist and find other sources of income. So, this has been an 
awesome chat. Unfortunately, we have to bring it to an end here. Let's bring it home for our listeners out there. We've talked a lot about Alpha and you've mentioned that you know, they can get involved. What is the best way for our artists listening to the Artist Business Plan, all 10,000 of you out there, to get involved with Alpha? Uh, just go on our website, Alpha with two A's, so alphaainc.com, and just submit your works. Uh, we'd love to have you. The more, the merrier. We have a saying that, you know, not necessarily one piece of artwork will please every single person, but that there is a piece of artwork out there for every single person. And that's what we pride ourselves at Alpha, uh, connecting the dots. So artists, go to alpha with two A's.com. That'll be in the show notes as well. Thank you so much to all of you business artists out there. Renata and Manu have been here with us today sharing their amazing perspective on the new art world. You're going to want to go back and you're going to want to take notes for sure, which you can do on our website at www.superfine.world. To connect with Alpha, you can follow them on Instagram at alphaainc and visit www.alphaa.com slash opportunities. As always, remember that we are Super Fine Art Fair on Instagram. We always appreciate it. Anytime you can share or story or whatever you want to do, whenever you're listening to and enjoying the artist business plan, if you ever tag Super Fine Art Fair, we'll obviously restory you and you can be exposed to our audience as well. Another thing that we really appreciate for you to do is just take a moment of your time and write a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Even if you're listening on Spotify or another platform, Apple Podcasts is our number one distribution platform. Most people are listening through Apple. So we appreciate if you can write a review that helps others like you find us and benefit from our and our guest perspectives. As always, I want to wrap this class up by sharing a quick quote with you all. And it's a short one, but a good one. It's while drawing, I discover what I really want to say. That's Dario Foe. Renata and Manu, it has been such a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you for sharing your perspective with our listeners. We're super grateful to you. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. The pleasure was all mine. Everybody else, have an awesome rest of your day. Remember to stay on top of your artist business plan. Get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so just follow us on Instagram at Superfine Art Fair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Just shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney@superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney@superfine.world. at superfine.world.